The new liberal arts is inspiring students at Hiram College. I'm Abby, and I'm studying science, theater, and the art of communicating ideas. The new liberal arts is helping students find their unique voice and become their best self. I'm learning to think out loud, challenge myself, and everyone else. It's building a 21st century skill set and mindset that prepares them for careers of the future. I am ready to affect people's lives. I am Abby, and I am Hiram. Learn more about the new liberal arts at Hiram.edu. Welcome to Fireside Chats, 60 minutes of stimulating conversation with some of Northeast Ohio's most interesting entrepreneurs. Get the inside story from folks who have taken the leap and who are willing to share what they've learned, the good, the bad, and the inspiring. Fireside Chats, real entrepreneurs, real stories, real learning. Fireside Chats are brought to you by the Center for Integrated Entrepreneurship at Hiram College. Be sure to look for our Fireside Chat podcasts where you can listen on your own time and our dime. For more information, visit hiram.edu backslash entrepreneurship. Now, let's get chatting. Okay, hi there. This is Garrett Monroe from Hiram College, and I uh, not long ago was a guest at the Fireside Chats hosted by Hiram College Center for Integrated Entrepreneurship. Um, I was invited by Kay and the rest of the team, and it was a real honor to um, to to be there and and um, join their Fireside Chat class uh, and also do the live stream. Um, I am doing a voiceover now. It's after the fact uh, because of some technical issues. They weren't able to get the first. 10 or 12 minutes of, of audio captured. So we're, uh, my understanding is they're going to overlay this with the video. So you should be seeing Kay giving an introduction and, and, uh, and, uh, things getting warmed up here. So I'm just going to kind of, we're going to kind of meshes with the audio and I'll give you a bit of a, a bit of an intro here. So uh, I am an employee at Hiram college. I'm an instructional designer in the office of learning technology. Um, and, uh, the last, uh, about two years I've been moonlighting uh, working uh, by myself um, on this project, this idea of developing a um, a better sauna, um, and you can see the picture. You can see the sauna there on the, on the right side of the screen. It's uh, has a reflective foil interior, and um, I set it up right before the session started. You set it, you set it up with uh, tent poles, and it has an insulated cover, and there's electrical steamer which which pumps the uh, the little tent room there full of hot steam. And you'd put a chair in there, and you can you can steam, and so it's sort of this uh, affordable um, sauna that uh, just there's nothing else like it on the market. Uh, it's under two hundred dollars, and um, it's a whole body steam sauna. And my my plan, my, this is really sort of a personal project I developed because I, I'm just really into saunas, and I couldn't get access to a sauna, um, and so I, I, I kind of made one for myself, my own purposes, <laughs> and kind of figured, hey, this is a this is working. Maybe other people would be interested in this, and I ended up um, developing this this business and and contacted factories in China and sort of had prototypes put together. Ended up getting it on Amazon and and selling um, my first batch I had made, which is about a hundred units. And so I want to talk about sort of the strategies I used. Um, I'm calling the 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 we call the talk bootstrapping e-commerce. And so e-commerce is of course doing business online. And I talk about how I was able to do this, get this thing started, um, just for under ten thousand dollars, and uh, and just doing it by myself. So the talk is really kind of at two levels, sort of the case study of, of how I did things, and then kind of trying to step back and look at some of the principles and ideas. Um, behind what I think made the business model work. Um, a lot of it had to do with an idea called design thinking. So I'll be talking a little bit about uh, design thinking and also be talking about like the lean business model um, and more just about saunas and, and uh, the kind of the nitty gritty, again, the micro level of, of the business. Um, so once again, uh, Kay's offering me, uh, offering a bit of an introduction here. Um, and I'm, I'm leaning on the sauna now, and uh, you can see the light, the LED light there on the table. Um, yeah, it's it's an exciting time um, to be an entrepreneur. You know, it, with, at no other point in history could I have possibly done this by myself or um, with so little startup money, um, and to reach so many customers so quickly. Uh, so it's sort of a, a cool a cool time to have ideas and and to. Um, to start things up. And a lot of it had to do with just using platforms and, and using ideas. 
um, and doing research. And so the, the subtitle of this uh, talk is Data Design and Saunas. And so I would have never launched the product if it wasn't for um, having data to validate the idea. Uh, and so I was able to actually go on Amazon and figure out um, you know, what the volume of sales were for products which are similar to this one. Find out that you know they're moving eight hundred to a thousand units of of a poor poorly designed sauna. It's much you know much less glorious than the one um, that that I put together. In fact, it doesn't even encapsulate your whole body. Um, and uh, and so to me, that was really validating to say, hey, there could be a lot of people interested in, in a much better product. I suppose the main the main outcome of the talk I'd like to leave people with is um, sort of lessons I learned. Um, and also, and also different ways of, of doing e-commerce and, and ways of sort of, um, taking a passion or an interest you have and turning it into, into a business. I also think too, that, um, you know, using design thinking, I'm going to talk about a little bit in the, in the talk, um, is something that you could use for a lot of products. So I think that this product in particular was one that got me started. Could I do it again? Um, Possibly, I I don't think I could use you know some of the same principles to to launch another product, but nothing's going to quite have that same spark for me as what I was able to do here with saunas. At least nothing you know foreseeable, but something something might pop up. Um, but again, I think that the concept could be used in in sort of whatever area. So here I'm talking about the Amazon listing I have, and looking at the nitty gritty. Uh, at the time of this, there was uh, 23 customer reviews, and the average rating was at like a 3.8. So not gr not perfect, and um, kind of on the tipping point of of not doing super hot. So I've been since then I've been able to repair the the rating there. The Amazon listing is really important. The health of that people really look at um, the numbers there, and they really want to see at least four stars or pretty close to four stars. And so I've been working on fixing issues and trying to drill down into what the issues were with the initial batch, the initial 100-unit batch. And, and that, that batch was, was a pretty aggressive um, prototyping phase. And I think um, if I were to do it again, I would have spent a lot more time not launching it and testing it in-house and doing a smaller circle test, maybe doing 20 or so to different people. Um, there are issues I didn't foresee with, with prototyping, especially in packaging and shipping. You know, I, I, the product out of the box, the product set up without shipping and packaging works really well without a lot of flaw, without any flaws. Um, but once you start shipping it around and boxing it and kind of being banged up by the different warehouses it gets hit, our initial batch um, had a lot of damaged units. And so the initial packaging we had designed by a company up in Ravenna um, ended up making a box that was too big and didn't securely house the steamer. And so we had a pretty high rate of return, about 10, 15% of the saunas broke. And so I had to actually, I had to reach out and replace a lot of those steamers. And so um, that's why the reviews were low. Um, because there's a number of people who just got broken steamers. But there was also a lot of people who just loved it and it's still working for them. Um, I keep getting big reviews in and people saying how much they like it. So to me, that's really exciting. And we've gone back and designed a new box and a, and a new, um, a new um, packaging. So hopefully this next round, I'm coming back and, and trying to grow the business with another round. Um, things are going to go a lot better. I think that, that it's fixed. And um, I, I talk a little bit about design thinking um, in that slide and, and the whole process of sort of um, empathizing um, kind of experiencing the product, role-playing the customer, um, brainstorming with a really wide lens, you know, wh what about this product really inspires? What about it really works? And what about it doesn't work? And how could we kind of go off the rails with, or really change something up? And so, um, you can do this again with any product or service concept, and then you can begin to define it and you begin to focus your ideas and focus really the the concept and the functionality of the product and, and get rid of things that maybe don't work too well. And in that third phase, you begin to ideate and you begin to look at feasibility, right? What could actually work? Um, what are other points um, within the business model that need to be considered? And then you look at implementation and, and prototyping. So now I've moved on, um, and the whole this whole process turns over, and you can you can run this cycle infinitely, and and you continue to kind of improve the product, and that's something I really believe in, something that I'm really doing here, and trying to you know find better packaging, better steamers, uh, better you know little tweaks I can do um, to continuously improve the product. 
um, and, and really engage with customers. I think that's really important to get their feedback and what their experience is. And the uh, the people who are buying it are not who I originally anticipated. Um, but reaching out to them, particularly with email, through the Amazon platform has been one of the greatest sources of, of input I've had. I, I haven't been able to get – you know, when you work with friends and family – you get uh, a, the, uh, the, a kind of a rose-colored perspective on your product. It's great to reach out to them and get feedback, but honestly, you're, you're probably going to be working in a niche that your friends and family don't appreciate. Uh, and so they're not – my friends and family aren't all sauna people. <laughs> so the people who I sold these these are, are and they're, they're um, you know, they're, they don't hold any punches. So that's where, where the rubber hits the road. And so in a lot of ways, I think that 100-unit real authentic – pilot run is necessary to really get real authentic feedback um, from customers. The risk, of course, of doing it actually live on Amazon is that you, uh, you know, your reputation's out there and, and your listing is out there and you could take a knock if something goes wrong and it could be at that scale uh, risky when you've got low capital and you're a startup. So uh, we're, we're cranking along here with Sauna Rocket, but um, things to consider when you think about testing and prototyping your model. I'm talking now in this next slide about saunas and, and kind of my obsession with it. This is Empathize, right? This is sort of my experience with it, and I've been doing saunas for a long time. I come from northern Michigan. I come from a Finnish place up in the UP, and uh, saunas are a big part of the culture there. Um, I remember my undergrad. I think it was actually in high school. I started going up to the university gym at Lake Superior State University and spending a lot of time in their saunas. <laughs> After a workout, you know, running into professors and running into other students and people and having conversations and just seeing it as sort of a uh, sanctuary from the bustle, from working multiple jobs and, and the stress of school and everything and kind of a place you could just relax and, and feel good. And, and I always I always noted how well I felt after it and how good it felt to get in there. It wasn't until, you know, years later I started really looking at the data and the research and running into more about how pretty great saunas are for your health. Um, and I, I have here a slide of a, of a bunch of different bullet points and it looks like the audio is about to cut in for the recording. And so I'm going to leave you now. We're going to merge back with the live stream and, um, I hope you enjoy. Thank you. So this is, this is pretty profound stuff. Um, improved metabolism, right? You get your heart rate up, you're burning calories. It's, it's going to continue to also improve your insulin sensitivity. So your ability to process sugars. Um, and uh, absorb protein, improve sleep, and, and also just you get this incredible rush after it's done. So again, I'm geeking out about saunas. This is sort of my science slide. You don't have to believe all of it. I'm a, I'm a total convert. Uh, these slides have the link, and you can check out some research I've linked here. It's sort of a meta-study on sauna use. So after uh, I graduated from college, was kind of into saunas, I moved to China, and I was there for seven years. I was working at international schools. Um, and in China, saunas aren't really a big thing. You can get a, a sauna if you go to a spa, um, or a bathhouse is what they call them, um, which is kind of expensive. You want a day pass at a bathhouse, it was like 40, 50 bucks um, in US dollars. So if I want to just go get a sauna, I don't want to go spend 30, 40, 50 bucks to get a sauna. Um, so this is a school I worked at, cooking for language school for a number of years. See me down here. And this is a group. So by the time I was done, this was uh, October 2016. So this is my last academic year there. This is an AP Art History uh, class I was teaching. I was finishing my master's degree. I was finishing my teacher's license. I was absolutely burned out. I was not taking great care of myself. I was kind of gaining weight. And, I, and after I finished all my, my studies and my research and my work, I wanted to kind of get back in shape. And so I was looking at, you know, how can I get back to kind of doing sauna and, and working out. And so I was really kind of looking at uh, what kind of saunas are available on, on the Chinese market? So this is a Chinese website called Taobao. It's a Chinese equivalent of Amazon. And the embarrassing products on there uh, are just fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, I went to the point, you can actually see normal, no, normal cedar ones up there too. But look, I'm shameless. And I went ahead and bought one of these things. Uh, this little guy right here with the, with the cute girl in the pink. Uh, this guy right here. So imagine, you know, my, my uh, fantastic physique. Um, just sitting in this lovely little thing with my head popped out, angrily, not enjoying my sauna experience. So it's of course just a miserable sauna experience sitting in this thing. Um, it got a sweat going, but it wasn't anything like the dignified sort of uh, finished cedar thing where I'm sitting among men and laughing and blah blah blah, right? It was like, it was almost like a perverse form of torture sitting in this little steam room. And so I was like, and it broke down by the way. This thing broke, 
They had a steamer, an electric steamer, similar to the one I'm showing you here. Uh, didn't work all that great. I had to order another one. And at this time, I'm not thinking about how can I, I'm thinking about how awful it is and why isn't there a better product. So these are sort of early encounters with, um, with saunas. And I'm also doing another business. So this is another business idea I was trying to do, which was opening up a protein business. So I was working with um, Chinese factories. Easy to really contact Chinese factories. This is a website. It's all English, by the way. I, I want to leave this with you. If you're an entrepreneur, you've got to know about Alibaba.com. Alibaba.com is how you contact Chinese factories or factories in India. Or there's US manufacturers as well. It's about buying bulk. And so I was like, let me go check this out. And so I'm looking at, hey, I'm in China right now. I can, I can buy stuff in bulk from Chinese factories and it's gonna be super, I don't have to pay for importing fees, I don't have to pay for international shipping. I can just get barrels of stuff. So I was getting barrels of pea protein and trying to mix up different blends of protein and, and I was trying to open a juice bar because they had all these gyms around. They didn't have any good juice or protein options. So my apartment's filled with barrels full of protein powder. I ended up not doing much of that. But it, it gave me a little early encounter with how to contact and, and how to use Alibaba and contact factories. So meanwhile, I return to the US, start my job here at Hiram. I'm jazzed out about education technology, but we're doing ed, ed, uh, tech and track. But again, uh, when I move in the area, I'm frustrated again with lack of sauna access. No sauna down at the Coleman. No sauna in the immediate area I can go to. And again, I find myself you know, because uh, I have problems, I have problems with sauna, buying again another one of these little things and getting my, my little sauna in one of these little machines because I just want to do it, I want to do it frequently. Uh, I'm kind of addicted to it. And this thing breaks, it comes with a little shitty chair, and the chair broke, uh, and the steamer broke, and I'm just like, what is going on? And so I ask, my, I ask this question, like, is it just me? Am I the only person having trouble getting to a sauna? Like, how do I find a sauna? I want to go sauna regular. And there's a Planet Fitness near where I'm at. There's Anytime Fitness. None of the gyms in the area have a sauna. The, the school didn't have a sauna, and I'm renting an apartment. So I don't want to go and spend two, three thousand dollars and install a sauna when I'm going to move, and I'm not going to get reimbursed for that. So I started looking at this and thinking about like sauna access. I think is kind of a global problem, right? I'm a huge convert. I'm a huge uh, believer in sauna health. I think everybody should be doing the sauna. Um, so I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is a real design challenge, right? There's a growing awareness of people who are really into saunas. We know what the benefits are. I'm on, I don't know anybody else in real life who's as geeky about saunas as me. Nobody else is into it as me, but I know people online. I'm on websites, I'm on Facebook groups, I'm talking to other people who are geeking out about saunas. I'm like, these people live, they exist. So number two, most commercial gyms don't have them. Most people are going to a 10, $20 a month gym, Planet Fitness, anytime. They don't have saunas. Spas are expensive, full saunas are expensive, more and more people can't buy a home, right? Dual labor market, they can't afford it, more and more people are renting, so they're not gonna be able to build in their house. So I think, I'm like, hey, like, something's going on here. Another piece of the puzzle is, is think about grow tents. Anybody seen anything like this before? Anybody know where they use these guys? <clears throat> like hang jackets and stuff? Like, isn't, you know what I'm talking about? It looks like an indoor closet, yeah, right? Like okay. steam? Like you could steam something in there. It's not quite that. So actually this, it's a little bit different. Anybody got any indoor botany? Growing, growing plants indoors? This, so this is a thing called a grow tent. So if you're growing things in your house, whatever you choose to grow, herbs, plants, medicinal products, or whatever, <laughs> flowers. If you want to grow things inside in a climate controlled area, you need a kind of indoor grow tent. So kind of like, a, kind of like the, um, like, Oh, a greenhouse effect, no way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's insulated. Like, I did not build this thing from scratch, right? So I was, I was my, my brother's up in Michigan. He has a side hustle as well. It involves medical, medical plants. And <laughs> totally above, above board, great stuff, brilliant stuff. He's giving me a tour of his facility. And I'm sitting in one of these, these big ones. He's got big ones. And I'm sitting in there, and the lights are out. I'm like, this is hot in here. Like, this is on a break when I was driving up there. I was like, man. You can get a, a steamer, and you can do a full body sauna, just in one of these things. Um, and so the idea is kind of ticking around my head. So I get on Alibaba, right, my old buddy, Chinese wholesaler, how to contact factories, and I'm looking at grow tents and what they cost, and they're not that expensive. So I get on the email, and I start emailing these guys like, hey, could you make some modifications? What would it cost to get 100 of these? Could you 
Could you make some modifications like the window on the door? Could you make some modifications like the window on the top? Could you make it of a particular size that would not be too big and not be too small where you could sit down inside of it? Could you eliminate some things and add some things? So I, had, I contacted the manufacturer like, yeah, no problem. We love it. They help me make modifications. And then I just take some of the old school steamers I bought from the broken saunas and I plug them in and it worked okay. I got a sweat. I was like, this is cool. I'm just using it by myself. Uh, then I started thinking, like, it's, I want more horsepower, right? I want to do it better. So, again, I started having sa sample scents uh, to me in, in the U.S., and uh, I started having more different samples from different factories, sent to my friends in China. Uh, by the way, you contact these factories, samples are often free. They won't charge you for them. So like, a lot of that protein I got was, was free samples. So I was like, hey, I need, a, I need a quote in order like two tons of protein. And they're like, Oh, where do you want the sample? And I was like, uh, send it to my address here. They sent me like a free couple kilos of protein. So you get a free sample sent. Sometimes they'll charge you for shipping. So they charge me for shipping here. Um, I also have some friends back in China, so I had them kind of rapidly accept things so I didn't have to do expensive air, timely air shipping back and forth. Um, and so I started like, looking at different grow tents, different factories, different steamers, trying to get it right. Um, and then I start looking at like wide-scale feasibility. Hey, this is you know not just me. This could work. There's not a ton of. There's nothing else like this out in the market. So I ask myself, could I sell this? And is there enough of a market out there? Would would people be buying this thing? So I'm, I'm looking at feasibility. So I used a tool called uh, Jungle Scout, or it's also called AMZ or Amazon Scout. This is a website. I got the links in the slides. They have free software and paid-for software. And what it does is it is an extension in your browser. So you can see a screenshot here. So you plug it into like your Chrome browser, and any product on Amazon, it will show you how much they're selling per month. So I looked at the number one awful little sauna on Amazon, the best seller, and they're like they're selling a thousand a month of this sauna, eight hundred to a thousand, and it's pretty stable across the year. 800 to 1,000 just on this sauna. And if you look at all the other models of co competing saunas, it's the same style, right? Same little head above, awful little sauna experience. Breaks all the time. They're also selling a couple hundred. I'm like, there's a ton of volume here, right? And, they're, and I'm like, they're looking, they, they also crunch some other numbers. I don't know if you can trust these numbers too well. You really gotta do the diligence and figure it out. They're like, if you, if you can compete with them, you know, you're gonna be doing up six, six and a half figures a, a month. Um, so I started getting really into, hey, this is exciting, right? There's a lot of potential here. Anybody know this? Anybody familiar with this guy? Yeah. Ty Lopez, right? Yeah. Here in my garage. He's a <laughs> meme. So he's, he's this guy who's on YouTube, and he's trying to sell you these courses. He's like, how can you make a million dollars, right? He's trying to sell you these, like, get-rich-quick scheme kind of things. And he's got a Maserati in his garage, and he's got a, a shelf full of books. So, of course, I don't buy his stuff. I'm not into his stuff. But I get hit with a similar commercial. Uh, from a group that I actually really like called Ecom Crew. And these guys are, uh, they actually own their own Amazon business. They, they import products, they export them. And they had a, a bunch of different courses that I paid for. I paid a couple hundred dollars. And I also got access to kind of do live chats with these guys. I totally went in on it, all in on it. And I learned all the sort of basics that, and, and tips they gave about launching a product. So I really recommend kind of getting some knowledge there. Ecom Crew is great stuff. And uh, it was really helpful. So they looked at like different modeling, right? Should I, should I sell on Amazon or should I do it off Amazon? Should I try to get my own website? How do I brand the product? How do I advertise the product? How do I test the product? What about packaging? All these sorts of things. And so they, they really suggested this sort of lean business model approach. They said go and test it. Make sure people are going to buy it. Get feedback before you go to scale. And so I don't know how I set it on 100 units. Sort of a good round number, right? And I was kind of looking at what money I had saved up, um, and what I could do. And it was like, hey, it's just about ten. It actually worked out about twelve thousand after everything came out. But my, my savings account was ten, and I, I figured out another two by stretching some other stuff, eating at the dining hall, you know, um, <laughs> for a couple months. It's still there. It's great food. It's fun. Uh, and so. Startup capital was like that, and I, they came in. I, I had a company in Ravenna design the boxes. Um, I had the light come in, 
the LED light, which is up here, which I was worried about people being scared of the dark, right, or not having a light. I thought the light would be kind of a mood ad feature. Um, and I had a, a, a new steamer designed too. So the steamer is not on the market. You can't find this one. It's way more powerful and way bigger. And I contacted a company and they designed it specifically for the electrical, the US electrical system. So this is sort of a unique one, but it has some issues. This one's broken. I just got this out of the box and it was damaged in shipping. And this was a, a problem we'll talk about in a second. So this is definitely refining the product. So again, sales were great. I was super happy. Now I've got my money back plus some and I can go back and go to scale. And what I did after that two weeks is I immediately went back to the factories. I said, I need 350 because they're selling like crazy. And this is kind of a mistake because it was after about three weeks that I started getting real feedback from customers about problems they had. So this is where refining the problem came in. This is, so this was uh, a really big review. I think it came in the 10th, right? So it was like nine days after I launched. And this guy left this killer review, five-star review. Was worried about the minimal reviews, it's a new product. It doesn't include a chair, but he said very intuitive the way they brought this product together. So I was really, really pleased with that. It's really validating. Here's another one. People want a chair. The packaging needs some work as it came in a pretty beat up box. <clears throat> so again, they liked it. So this is the boxing problem, and this is one of my old boxes. This is the top box in the, in the uh, picture here. And the boxes were way too big, and a lot of steamers got damaged because there, there wasn't enough padding, and the steamer was getting knocked around. And I went back and figured out why that was. The box was designed with my prototype and not with the ones from the factory. And so the prototype was way bigger, and it had more space. Anyway, what resulted was about 10 people, about 10, 15% of the saunas of those 100 were broken. And so it was a big problem. Their email is saying, either they're emailing to say sauna's broken, or they just return it to Amazon. They leave bad reviews. So this is really obviously not a great thing. Something I gotta work on. Um, but what I did was I went to a new company right out in California near, near the warehouse where I had them imported to, had them design the new boxes from the bottom, which is tighter, it doesn't kind of have all these things knocking around. So this is what the new packaging looks like. Uh, again, this one I just opened, it was one of my last ones from the initial hundred, and yeah, it was broken as I kind of uh, expected. So that's a problem. Um, Refining the product, so I'm working now on kind of adding some extra things. This is something I kind of learned from some of the e-commerce courses is you want to really, you, you can't always defend your product because other people might rip it off, they might steal it, and there's not a lot of protection you can do from that. So you really want to develop a brand, something that has name recognition. Um, and so Sonar Rockets, what I'm calling it, it's got kind of space agey stuff, right? Like LEDs, or stepping into a rocket, I don't know. And it's quick, right? The teeth are quick, so Sonar Rocket. So they're adding a logo, so all the new ones have the logo on it, and the, the new box has a logo printed on the box, instructions, so there's more sort of um, uh, branding presence. I got a trademark on this stuff, I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Um, and I also think I'm gonna get rid of the light. So for a number of reasons, I don't think the light, nobody really talked much about the light, they didn't love the light, a lot of, it cost a lot of extra. And I had them add um, a skylight on the top, and a skylight in the front, so th these guys cost about, the initial batch, they charged me $9 a piece out of the factory. And the second round, they upped the price to $12 a piece. But because they come from a factory that's far away from the other factory, I ended up spending a ton of extra money in shipping and logistics. and So I don't even think it, I really need the light. So it's another thing I'm going to take out. So again, I'm kind of continuing to look at feedback and try to refine it, especially in packaging and branding. The steamer as well. So I'm, I'm having a new factory make the steamer because I don't think it was just the box that caused them to be broken. We actually had a couple more samples come to my friend in China. We tore all the different steamers apart, and there's one that produces a way better quality one <coughs> with thicker plastic and more heating elements, and, and it just feels better, and it's, and it's the same price. So after this next 350, we're gonna switch to another steamer. So yeah, design, design thinking is one of these constant things that, um, I think it just kind of happens organically as you do things. I think I've spent so much of my life geeking out and empathizing with sauna users, right? Like I spent like 10,000 hours in the sauna, right? That Malcolm Gladwell kind of number, um, thinking about it and kind of worried about it, uh, trying to think of a better way. And I didn't quite spend enough time, you know, prototyping and whatnot, but we're kind of getting there. But it, it's just exciting. It's been really, really fun over the last year to kind of put this thing together. And we're going to be, right now I'm out of stock on Amazon. We're going to be back in stock with that next order 
in about a week. So they're, they're in the US, they're in California right now. There's a company who boxes them off. I, don't, I never touch the units. I don't have to manage any inventory, which is really great. If I did, I wouldn't be able to do my job here to hire them, right? It's all through email, it's all through phone. It also helps that I speak Chinese, right? I'm on, I'm on the app with, with Chinese people. Like right now it's a spring festival, so I can talk to my suppliers, kind of have a relationship. I think about maybe going and flying there this summer and do like a factory visit, try to strike up some deals, negotiate better prices. And because I live there, it's easy for me to think about that. Like I know how to get a visa, I know how to get around. Um, but no other time in history would I be able to launch this kind of business by myself with the kind of costs, right? No other time would I be able to kind of take my idea to market in like, like that. And so here are some of the tools that really made it possible. LegalZoom.com had my LLC, my company forms. I had my, my trademark copyright put in. Um, and I have my patent, so I'm doing a patent on the, the modifications of the grow tent. It's not a ton, right? It's not actually a ton going on here, but there's enough of a design element to it that they said I could patent it, and that would offer some defense if somebody tried to copy the product on Amazon. So that's kind of what I'm looking for there. Super easy, you know, cost a couple grand to do the, all the forms, the utility, the patent is particularly expensive. Um, Alibaba.com, super easy to use. They all speak English. You don't need Chinese to interact with the, the you know, they're, they're there to speak with English speakers, right? You can do it. Amazon Scout, this is how to validate data, look at sales volume, look at this sort of stuff. Incredibly useful, free tools. Amazon Transit is a company I use that helps me import the product. So I just pay them an extra fee and they take it to California and they help me bundle all the three different products together in a box and then ship it to Amazon. Amazon.com is awesome. They take a big cut of my, my pay, but, or my, my profit, but people will trust Amazon. Their credit cards are on Amazon. They're ready, to, they're ready to use and buy on Amazon. They can get this thing in two days with Amazon Prime. So people just love it. They love the reviews. If I had my own website, I wouldn't be selling half. I would, I'd be selling a fraction of that, right? Maybe one day, if I spend a lot of time with brand development, people know Sauna Rocket and everything else, and it's kind of a trusted thing, I could have my own website. I could save more of the money. But then how do I manage shipping, right? It's so nice to not be able to manage it, to ship things directly. Um, Facebook ads, I used a little bit. I used a little bit of Facebook ads to kind of target other sauna, health nut people. And by the way, super creepy. If you've ever set up a Facebook ad, you can go into and just search people who have searched saunas. You can figure out who has spent money or who has Google searched saunas. They don't tell me who the names are, but they can say, we will send ads to people who are interested in saunas. You know, I can, I can also target people who are interested in spas or tanning. Or however else I want to kind of target people, Facebook has your data. They've got your profile figured out. Um, so incredibly powerful lean ads. My ad, my ad budget for the whole, for the two weeks was $80. Um, and I used a combination of Amazon and Facebook ads. 99designs.com helped me design a logo. And of course American Express and Chase, I used sort of business credit to kind of help scale up a little bit beyond what I could normally do. Um, so yeah, it's a great time to be an entrepreneur. There's a ton of, of, of great resources out there. There's a ton of people who want to help you, you know, start a business. So these are some of the some of the things that that um, that uh, that I used to do it. So I mean, I would like if you made it. I, I like to, like to me, like I don't come from any money. I'm a first generation college kid. Uh, student loans, I got them. Right? I'm in education, I'm not making a bunch of money. But if I can do it, like you can do it. If you made it to Hiram, you made it this far, you can do anything. And so it's incredible, like what's out there right now, how easy it is to go out and experiment and to encounter new ideas and to find your niche. Whatever it is that you love to do, whatever you're interested in, even if nobody else in your space is, nobody else, everybody, like there are people who are like, you're crazy. When I talk to people here, they're like, what are you talking about, saunas? And you guys are like, whatever. Like, but going online, like it's a huge market. It's a global market. You can figure out something that other people are just as weird or geeky or interested in as you are. And there's going to be a market for whatever that thing is. Uh, so this is physical products, but I think it's same, the same thing applies to services uh, or to digital products as well. So anyway, um, I think it's just a great time to be an entrepreneur. And, and I think you guys are capable of awesome stuff. And, this is a really cool program. So Kay's incredible, she's got an incredible network, incredible people here at Hunter who want to see you guys succeed. Um, this wasn't my first company, it's my fourth LLC. 
I put a bunch of money to a brewery in China, which didn't work out very well, right? It's part of the reason I got, it wasn't doing super well health-wise, <laughs> weight-wise, rather. Um, I put about as much money to the brewery as I did here, and the brewery has just, just sunk costs, has gone, savings. Uh, I used to have a lawn business when I was in high school, right? I, put, I don't know why I made an LLC for that. And I started an app company, it was a startup. Didn't work, we spent about six months, we raised a bunch of money. App worked okay, programmers hate each other, they tore each other apart, they were worried about patents, the team fell apart, learned a bunch of lessons there. Um, and there were some other businesses I almost started. So over the course of just continuing to try and fail, you know, you learn stuff and you keep kind of figuring things out. So again, it's early stages of Sauna Rocket, we sold 100, things are going pretty well, I'm pretty excited about it. So anyway, thank you for listening. Um, that is the story, I guess, of where Sauna Rocket's at. Questions for Garrett? Yeah. So, um, so how, how does it how does it like work in terms of like where the steam goes after you're done? Where do you generally plug it in? Like the bathroom? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you you can put it wherever you want. You know, I, I have mine in my laundry room, uh, and I've seen people put it in their garage. Yeah. I saw somebody put one outside. You know. Um, not in Ohio. Not messy. <laughs> is it like a, a messy? Is it when you? I mean, where does the, like, the steam go? I guess. Does it just, yeah. Those walls just take care of it. Or? It condenses. It'll drip. It'll drip down. And there's like an extra tray. So this is the tray that comes. You put in the bottom. And I just pick the tray up when I'm done. I just dump it in the bucket. But, you know, um, I'll wash it out every every three or four times I use it. So I won't wash it every time. You do want you do want to wash it out. Yeah, right. um, yeah, you plug in the steamer, it heats up in about 10 minutes, and it's just, it shoots steam through this tube, and it ends up in this little condenser cup, which will go through a little vent at the bottom. Steam blasts out the holes in the cup. I actually don't use the cup myself. I just like the tube. It comes out, it seems a lot hotter, and I like it that way. Uh, I put the cups on there for safety. I don't want to get sued. I put a bunch of stickers on this thing, like warning. So this is another thing that um, I was worried about. They're like, you're gonna get sued, somebody's gonna die in here. I'm like, I don't know. Like I have, so I was researching like liability stuff. And uh, so I had these stickers made and, and these are kind of up to a kind of um, liability code, like um, it's fair warning and, and so on. So the company, the third party company in California puts the sticker on it for me. Now I wanna have the factory in China put the stickers on. It's gonna be a lot cheaper. The people in California who do the prep, increase their prep cost for me by 30% between the first and second order. So they keep, everyone keeps up in their prices. You know, once you start getting into the cycle, so you really have to be, so what I want to look at doing is signing like contracts and signing yeah. agreements where they won't, you know, do that. Yeah, so that's something I'm figuring out. And um, yeah, human, la you know, human labor and prep is just a lot cheaper in China. So I'm gonna try to do more of this stuff in China and maybe even just have them shipped directly from China to the Amazon. And there's a risk there too of factories figuring out what I'm doing. So they don't also, so they, people are making grow tents and they're making steamers, but they don't know what I'm, how I'm putting them together yet. Um, but, you know, so kind of big questions. Yeah. But yeah, so this how it's 10 minute warm up and then you have to do water. What's the hardest part for you to um, work a job here at Hiram and having a business? What, what's the hardest thing about um, doing both? Well, so Dan, Dan, Dan and I work in the same office. Uh, and so Dan sees me sometimes, you know, taking some calls. Uh, you know, and kind of task switching, I guess. And like stress levels double, right? Because I got big projects at Hiram, I got big stuff to do here, and it's constant. And same thing with the side business. So it's like finding a way of managing the stress and managing energy and also finding balance with personal life. Like, the guy, you know, also has people I want to see and stuff I want to do, and I also just want to do nothing. And it's hard to do that when it's like, you know, it's constantly worried about stuff. So. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll be on business, I'll, I'll be taking a call or be on, you know, Sonoraki stuff at Hiram, and then I just stay late or come in early, like, you just, you figure it out, you know? Uh, I was just wondering, could you put it on eBay, or why not eBay, yeah. eBay too? It's a good question, and so, you definitely could, right? Um, and I do have a website, sonoraki.com, I just bought it as a placeholder, and I'm using a, it's called a drop shipping website, like, they'll ship it or they, they help you kind of set up as a template for a store. And um, so eBay, I thought about it, and I was just, for me, like, when I buy anything online, I go to Amazon. 
and they've got the Prime, and they've got the, the, uh, all the extra the reviews. I just trust it a lot more. I could go to eBay and sell them. Yeah. Right, because I, I don't like Amazon as much for some, for some reason. I, I'm like one of the only ones, but like, I like going to eBay, so I just thought, like, would it cost you more to put it on eBay? It's way all? cheaper. Yeah. So, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, something to look at. And what, what I don't know about eBay is if they have warehouses and they can ship for me. Oh, okay. So, it's one of the nice things about Amazon is I can just ship in bulk all my product to them and then they'll handle distribution. eBay, I might have to just ship by myself. So, that's something nice that Amazon does. But I would be able to keep more of the profit uh, from, from each of the sales. Do you have, um, like, are you going to try to put this in stores? That way, you know, you won't have to always ship them out, or is that kind of something that you're not looking at? Yeah, re like retail stores. Yeah. Something I've, I've thought about, like, I don't know. Um, like that Beth and Beyond? Yeah, like something like that, right? <clears throat> you have to, some say Walmart. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, one of my, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's early yet, you know? Um, they, so, one of my buddies who I went to undergrad with uh, worked for Sam's Club for a while, and uh, he's, he's uh, with the Walton people, and he says they really want to see data, like years of sales data and like volume, before they commit to like shelving a product. So, um, so we're just trying to you know, collect the data and, and see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, are you worried at all about like any like the Chinese trade agreements and? What, yeah. not the trade war or something we're having in China right now? No, that's a bit, yeah. I was, I was really worried about it. Yeah. The tariffs and whatnot. Yeah. Like, my margins are between 20 and 30%. So, of the money I, I, I spend on it, you know, the cost, about 30% comes back as profit. The first 100 was about 20. I think with the next few rounds, I can, it's going to be around 30, especially if I get rid of the light. Um, so, the Trump tariffs are talking about yeah. 10, 10%, 10, 20% on some stuff. So like it's that. like when I read that, I was really scared. I was like, "Oh, that's it! Like it's crushing people out." Yeah. Um, but he's he's putting tariffs on particular items, and I went through and got the codes, and none of the stuff I import is being tariffed right now. All right. So I was like, Good. somehow got through. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not. None of the stuff's being tariffed right now. Good. So what's your uh, so what's your cost to Amazon? So what's their cut for doing all the transportation and then also housing the product? Totally, it's fifty-two dollars out of the hundred and ninety. I sell so it's about I sell for one hundred ninety-eight each. Of that, fifty-two goes to Amazon. It's huge, right? So twenty-five of that fifty-two is what they call their referral fee. So that's just cream they take off the top. Bezos getting brunch, right? The other twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> the other twenty-seven dollars uh, was what they say is what it cost them to ship it and to warehouse it and everything else. Uh -huh. Um, uh, instead of like getting rid of the light, have you thought of like just like a new light feature maybe? Just like a, a small like, little thing around like LED kind of strip around, maybe lights up different colors or whatnot? Yeah. I was thinking like putting it, like follow the whole path, like yeah, the squares and everything, like the LED lights, yeah, LED instead, of, like, instead of like a big old pole. That'd be simple to put yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool too. It's not a bad idea. I was looking around for a while, so what I want to do is find a factory that makes them near my other factories. Because the, the, why it's doubled in price is because it's down in the south of China, near Shenzhen, near Hong Kong, and all the LEDs are made down there. And so all of this stuff is made up by Shanghai, which is like LA to New York. Okay. So it's crazy. And they actually ship out of different ports. But I think maybe, I didn't spend a ton of time on it. Um, I'd rather just get rid of it, but I don't know, I'd like to go and, you know, do interviews and like talk to customers and get feedback. Like, what do you think of the light? Like, is it something you need? I'd like to go and, you know, sell it for a while without it and see what people say. If they're like, yeah. hey, I need a light, yeah. you know. Um, they're not saying anything now because they have it, but what made it so. Yeah. Yeah, continuous improvement, right? Like, that could be like a value added thing. Like, are you considering the chair as a, Extra thing. Yeah, we would talk about Have you care. considered making a two-person version of yeah. this and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I have a, we have a two-person, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and it's like about half as wide, and uh, you can fit two chairs in there. And it heats up. I was worried about it not heating up or being too big, and it's not. Um, so I think that that's something we're definitely going to do because 
I think it's, I don't know, not everybody would buy a one-person sauna. You know, a lot of people are thinking, what's going on? I'm singing a sauna by yourself. But a two-person sauna is like, hey, you know, invite your friend, you have a partner or whatever, you can sit in the sauna, it's kind of fun. Um, so yeah, we're working on the two-person. What was your other idea, Jim? Just, just upselling it. Like, you can get the LED at an extra price. You can get the chair at an extra price or something. You yeah. That kind of stuff. Or is yeah. that more headache than it's worth? Then you have to have three different boxes, right? right? Yeah, the chair's tough. Right. Doesn't everybody have one of those but chairs? But that was what I was thinking. People want a chair, though. They do. Yeah. Oh, My experience with a chair. So I could get those little chairs that the other steamers, you know, sauna sell. Like, with my body on it, they broke. <laughs> so I think, you know, I think they're made for smaller, smaller folks. Uh, but yeah, maybe there's, like, I was looking at chairs for a while, and also, you know, it's just like, it's going to add another layer of complexity and logistics and shipping costs and everything. I was like, People got a chair sitting around. But yeah, it's definitely a consideration, you know? Once it gets to scale, like, add the LED, get a bigger one, add the chair in. Yeah. Uh, so so how, you, how did you figure out uh, selling your product on Amazon would make more profit than like, making a website for it? it, it uh, so I haven't totally written that off. Um, I would definitely make more money selling it on my website, because Amazon wouldn't be taking $52 out of what I'm shipping, I would have to then pick up shipping costs, and I would then have to go to the post office and ship every single sale. And so I was looking for a company who would ship for me. I couldn't find one that would be like, we'll you know, receive the orders and ship for you. Uh, I couldn't find a company that would do that. I'm sure there's someone out there, but it's not. It's something that a lot of companies say, hey, we don't do it, we don't do it, we don't do it. Um, at, the, at 100 units, I could maybe, I could manage it, you know? Um, at 300, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I could not do my hiring job if I had to go run, you know, the sales data was like five to 10 units a day that were coming in. Um, so this, the, a lot of it was like, what is my time worth and convenience worth? And I was like, yeah, Amazon and how much commerce volume is on Amazon? how many people are already there looking, like people go to Amazon wanting to buy a sauna. So I don't have to sell it. People go there searching for other saunas. And what I do is I pay for an ad, when they search sauna, boop, there's my sauna. And mine just pops out because nothing else is like it, nothing else is in the same price point. And so I don't have to educate anybody, I don't have to sell it. People already come to Amazon uh, one get. So that's just a huge, to me like all these factors, I was like, right now we're just gonna do Amazon. I'd like to eventually, you know, it'd be cool to get to a scale where we didn't have to rely on that. You know, there's a lot of companies who do that, and they're, they're full-time, they have their own website, you know, and they sell their brand and their product, and that's why they go off Amazon. I just not at that scale yet to, like, have physical inventory. You say you have, like, warnings and stuff, like, on the, on the machine and everything, but is there, like, anything on Amazon that says, like, you know, like, not good for, like, you know, certain people, like, you know, kids, for example, shouldn't be in it if they, uh, there's like if there's something on Amazon that says like you know this shouldn't be for something like that. ages like blah blah blah. Oof, yeah, the age thing I should put in here. It's not, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I just forgot about putting that in there. Um, nothing on Amazon says that, but it's in the instruction manual. So I put like a bunch of warnings in the front, like it's all like you know don't use it alone, don't use it you know unsupervised, set a timer, don't do it if you feel sick, you know stop immediately, all these extra things. So you know God forbid you know somebody like gets hurt. Right? It hasn't happened yet. Um, I think it's pretty safe. It doesn't get that hot. It gets really humid. Right? Um, and it's easy to get out. So there's a bunch of extra stuff we put in the inside that make it easy to, easy to escape. So, easy to escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did, I'm sort of a sauna geek as well. I've, and this is certainly a fine sauna. I like at it. The price point. Yeah. But have you thought about performance? Have you thought about a dry version? Like you can only take a steam sauna in there, you yeah. don't get the dry heat, you know. How does this perform ventilation-wise? I mean, is all that solid or, you know, having been in a, probably a really, really good sauna somewhere. Yeah. Are you, try, are you hoping to achieve that or is that unachievable in something like this? Do you think? It's, it works so well, just out of the box, like I'm so, I'm, I think like adding like so extra insulation was something I was looking at, like 
could we get a better performance if we added more padding or more layering? It'd be something to prototype. Like maybe it wouldn't cost that much and would, we'd have a lot more performance. Um, so something that, yeah, I, I, I should test out. I just, it, it was so good just how they built it. I was like, hey. Um, dry heat is a thing, right? So that would be, steam sauna is not something most people go to. Most people want a dry heat sauna. Um, dry heat's tough because it, you need to use a lot of electricity. I haven't found a, a small unit, a light enough unit that could produce enough dry heat you know, in this space. And it's more dangerous, I think, too. If you have like a space heater in there, it's gonna get red hot. It gets, it gets hotter, it's more of a fire hazard. There's other concerns. I was looking for a while getting like a really big grow tent and getting like just a sauna stove in there. Like, could you just sell that? Would people buy that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, it, that's a big design challenge. Just if, could we engineer an, an electronic from the ground up, which was low cost and safe enough that could produce a dry heat sauna? Like at a two person scale, right? I think, I don't know. I haven't gotten anything that's. be part of the sauna rocket brand <laughs> down the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, these are, these are good thoughts. Yeah. That was a good idea. A tent with a sauna uh, oven. What, what is it called? A sauna? For the dry heat, what is that? Sauna stove. Sauna stove. Yeah. That's a good idea. Some, some, some form of that. Mm -hmm. Just a tall one with a smaller tent. Yeah, I had some shipped to my guy in China. Um, and he said the hookup was so difficult. You need like a special, you need like an electrician to hook up one of these stoves. It's like, uh, it's like uh, I don't know what the voltage is. It's like a special hookup. And so I was like, no one's gonna do that out of the box. Two, two twenty. It's a two twenty, right? So if you buy some on Amazon, like it just needs to be like plug and play, you know. Right. And you that's can tell what people like. That's a, yeah. So that's kind of the appeal here, but maybe you could work with the sauna stove manufacturers and scale it down and get a different, you know, setup. So that, that's a way higher level thing. The other thing we've been looking at more seriously is having them produced in the U.S. Uh, just because we were, they're so simple and they're so basic and they're so bulky that maybe we could produce them in the U.S. at a higher quality at about the same price without paying for customs and shipping and all this stuff. That would be so cool to produce them, um, you know, somewhere in the Great Lakes area. So something I'd like to really do is is produce a different, uh, like more of a custom-built steamer uh, that's uh, domestic. Well, looks like that's the end of the questions. But let's give Garrett a big thank you. Very, very interesting and fascinating story, and uh, a lot of information in there too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.